Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. And as I've journeyed with Jesus myself, as I talk about that being a lifetime endeavor, there have been times where I simply have not understood why things have turned out the way they did. Or in other words, I, I did not understand what God was up to. And I would imagine there might be those that find themselves in that same situation. As you journey with Jesus, there were times you didn't really understand what God was up to. What was God doing in that moment? Maybe you just shook your head and said, God, I just don't understand. Now, I was thinking about that as it relates to this day. Because this day where we celebrate one of the most important events in human history, we know what took place that day. But for the disciples on what we call Good Friday and Saturday, you know they had to be thinking, God, I just don't understand. I just don't understand what you're doing. They did not understand how the resurrection was going to change everything. But that's what we can look at today because we know that it did. And we know that it still does. And I want us all to experience that today. So if you have your Bibles... Hey, I hope you do. I want you in God's word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24. So I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word today. We do that simply because we understand these is God's words to us. We don't take that for granted. We're so thankful that he guides us through his word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 24, reading the first 12 verses. And here's what Luke writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? That's one of my favorite questions in scripture. He is not here but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. And Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes, or cloths, by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. These are the very words of God. You may be seated this morning. As we consider this passage this morning, we want to see what the resurrection shows us. And the first thing we find is the resurrection shows us Jesus is Lord. Resurrection shows us Jesus is Lord. Our, our passage this morning tells us that some women went to the tomb of Jesus early on a Sunday morning, but they did not find the body of who? Look back at your passage this morning. What does our passage say? The Lord Jesus. And what's interesting is these two words are not put together like this in Luke until after Jesus dies on the cross. 
It's not there until this moment. Jesus has been referred to as Lord or simply as Jesus, but not until he went to the cross and the sign over his head that states the King of the Jews does Luke refer to Jesus as Lord Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was crowned king on the cross. Jesus is king. We sang about it this morning. All hail King Jesus. He was crowned king on the cross, and his resurrection is proof that he's king of all. He's the king of kings. There's no other like him. No other person in all of history has predicted and pulled off their own death and resurrection. There's only one. Only Jesus did that. And that's why history is centered around him. I've often said, and it's interesting, we have a Friday morning prayer group that meets online and and, uh, Leon has repeated several times. The statement I've made is, look, if, if there's a guy in history that predicts his own death and resurrection, pulls it off, we listen to whatever that guy says, right? That's an amazing thing. Because everything changed the weekend Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead. It was the day God became king. And the question is, is Jesus your Lord? Is he your Lord Jesus? I had mentioned this in a a previous sermon a couple weeks ago that at some point it dawned on me. So I I grew up in a Christian family and, and grew up attending church services on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And and, and I really was faithful to that. But as a freshman in college at Northern Illinois University, the Lord really impressed upon me that he, although my Savior, had yet to become really my Lord. And here's why the Lord was speaking that to my life. I was going through this devotional called Experiencing God, and, and I realized I'd kind of charted out my own path for life. And then God kind of breaks in and says, but what about the plans I have for you? And it was in that moment I realized I'd never really made Jesus Lord. So I put that before you this morning to say, have you really made Jesus Lord? Are the plans you're following in life his or yours? Jesus is Lord, but he is your Lord. Because resurrection means Jesus is Lord. And resurrection also shows us that Jesus is true to his word. Resurrection shows us Jesus is true to his word. Once the women see the body of Jesus is gone, some angels appear and they remind them of the words of Jesus. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to be reminded of the words of Jesus. No matter how many times I've read the New Testament books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, every time I reread them, something else stands out. We need to understand what the words of Jesus, so they remind them. Back in Luke chapter 9, Jesus had told the disciples, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. So he said it. And then on verse 44 in the same chapter, Jesus says, let these words sink into your ears. The son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. Later, as Jesus is talking about things to come, he tells his followers in Luke chapter 17, but first, He, the Son of Man, must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And then in the next uh, next chapter, Jesus says, See, we are going to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. So it's not that the disciples, it's not that his followers 
hadn't been told what was going to happen, they were just struggling with this truth. If Jesus had told the disciples and the others that he was going to suffer and die and be resurrected, why was everyone having such a difficult time understanding this? They really were. The women didn't understand it. When they went back to report, the disciples didn't understand it. They were having a hard time. And I guess I might say, could it be because they'd been struggling with lots of things Jesus was saying? They simply weren't sure how to take Jesus sometimes. And I'm not sure that we know how to take him sometimes. I'll read passages and I'll be like, man, I don't know how to take some of that, Jesus. Could it be that we operate in some of those same ways today, that we read the words of Jesus, they challenge us, and maybe we pass over them and choose not to believe them? May we not do that. Because the resurrection shows us Jesus is true to his word. He's true to his word. What he says is true. And he means what he says. It's so important we understand that this morning. So I would ask you, how familiar are you with the words of Jesus? Do you take time to read the New Testament books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to, to become familiar with who it is that Jesus is and what he says? Because what we want to be able to do as his followers, followership means that we're charting out to be like Jesus, that we do what Jesus did, we believe what Jesus taught, and we obey what Jesus commanded. So the next time you find someone in need of help, Will you provide help like Jesus would or simply go on your way? When a coworker is sick in need of healing, will you offer to pray with them right then and there like Jesus would or simply tell them, hope you feel better? Because Jesus is true to his word, it's important we be true to Jesus. Resurrection shows us Jesus is true to his word. But we also see that resurrection shows us we can live and not die. We can live and not die. When the angels address the women, they ask them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. If you question the resurrection of Jesus, I, I was thinking about this. I had a couple of Easter's ago preached on the resurrection. Two things I did. We had a good Friday service and an Easter. I said, how do we know that Jesus died on the cross? And how do we know that he was raised from the dead? If you're on version this morning, we always put our outline there have links to those messages, go back and watch those. Because I will say this, if you're firm on the death and resurrection of Jesus, everything else takes care of itself. If we know those two things are true, he truly did die, he really did rise from the dead, everything else you should be good with. So work out those two things in your life and everything else falls in place. So if you aren't familiar with those, go back and listen to those messages. You can grab one of the Case for Easter books on your way out this morning. Some of those things are talked about even in those booklets. A New Testament follower of Jesus, Paul, he, he will later write to the believers in the ancient city of Corinth, and here's what he says. But in fact, like there's no question in his mind, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, it came in. Now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. If you belong to Jesus, you are promised new life. So then the question is, do you belong to Jesus? Because that's the qualifier. In Jesus, you and I can experience new life. 
Because Jesus died on the cross, we can live a life of victory instead of defeat. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can live resurrected lives. And what does it mean? What does it mean to live a life of the resurrection? Consider these things this morning. It's a life of peace instead of stress. It's an ability to handle crisis with grace. It's a life of less fear and anxiety, a life that manifests joy, it overcomes anger, it it overcomes addictions and compulsions. It's a life that enjoys more fulfilling relationships, exercises more compassion, and lives more boldly. A resurrected life is an extraordinary life. It's a fully alive one. But it is one found not through some simple belief in religious doctrines, but in the commitment to a Savior who is also our Lord. That's how we experience that life. If we want to live a resurrected life and experience all of its benefits, it's important we start doing what Jesus did and obeying what Jesus commanded. And not in some legalistic manner, but out of a love of the one who came to set us free and live like him. You know, a watching world is curious to see, and I would say especially right now, It's been tough right now. I mean, in the last year, lots of things have bubbled up in people's lives, and a watching world is curious to see whether Christian belief and practice actually makes a positive difference in the character of our lives. They're curious, and I wonder, will we provide them the right answer? We should, if we're walking in victory and living like Jesus. And the death and resurrection of Jesus and the unleashing of his spirit in our lives, it's what gives us the ability So you don't get to live that life on your own. It's because of Jesus and the spirit he sends us. He unleashed this in your life. Are we living in that? Oh, how I want us to live resurrected lives. In this same Paul who wrote the believers in Corinth, he writes the church in Rome and he shares, and I shared this verse before, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Lives in you this morning. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. We were going to bed last night, and that was a verse that came. I told Shelley, it really challenges me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And may that challenge all of us. The same, we have access to that but I think we taint our access because of the diluted nature of things that we allow into our lives. And so we're trying to figure out how can we have less of the world and more of Jesus, more of his spirit. We can live resurrected lives. I want you to hear this morning. You can live a resurrected life. We can live like Jesus and live those resurrected lives. So the next time you're facing something beyond your ability, take a moment to stop and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what to do. Because we have access to the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So why not access him every day? Resurrection shows us we can live lives of victory and not defeat, that we can choose life over death to live fully alive lives. And resurrection shows us we will not always understand what God is doing. It's the last thing we find that resurrection shows us as we look at this passage, we are not always gonna understand what God is doing. We just won't. After the women find the empty tomb and and now understand that what Jesus said was true, that he would die and rise again, they went back and told the rest of the disciples that the Lord Jesus, that King Jesus, was no longer dead. The disciples did not believe the women. 
So husbands, let that be a warning. (laughs) Don't discount what your wife says. But the disciples did not believe him. And Peter, wanting to check things out for himself, like a good guy likes to do, runs to the tomb. He looks in. He sees the tomb is empty. And our passage tells us he went home marveling at what had happened. And the New Testament version says he went away wondering to himself what had happened. In other words, he's not like marveling like, wow, this is amazing. That's not the kind of marveling he was doing. He was walking away, shaking his head, saying, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. If you've walked with Jesus any length of time, you will find you simply are not always going to understand what he's doing. You just won't. Sometimes he allows us to understand, but oftentimes it's like 10 years down the road, you're like, I got it. I saw what you did there. That's just the way it is. God, in speaking to a prophet from ancient Israel, he tells him, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. And let me say this, praise God. If he was limited to my thoughts, whoo, we're in trouble. Part of the reason we can sometimes struggle in our journey with Jesus is because we just don't always understand what he's doing. And the question is, is in those moments, will we keep trusting Jesus? Or will we go our own way? Will we keep trusting the one who loved us so much he came and died on a cross? He took our place so that we can be set free and live lives of victory instead of defeat. Can we trust that person? I think so. Will we trust the one who predicted his own death and resurrection and then he pulls it off? Will we trust the one who sits at the right hand of God as our advocate? Will we trust the one who sent us the Holy Spirit so we could live those resurrected lives? Will we trust the one who's coming back again to fully establish his kingdom one day? Are we okay to follow Jesus even when we don't understand? I hope that you are. I hope that we all are. So the next time you don't get the job promotion you think you deserve, will you still trust Jesus? When you encounter unexpected expenses, will you still trust Jesus? When your health or the health of a loved one is compromised, will you still put your trust in and be loyal to Jesus? I hope we all do. Because we need to remember resurrection changes everything. We uh, watched the Son of God movie with our kids last night, and and before we turned it on, I I told them, I said, look, here's what I want you to remember this year as we look at this movie. I want you to remember that in the worst day of human history, God brought the very best day in human history. So no matter what you're facing in life, you've got to remember, in your very worst, God can always bring about the very best. We have to have that kind of trust and our King of kings and Lord of lords. That's what God can do. God can be trusted. We might not always understand, but guess what? We don't need to. God will work it out. It's so much less stress if you just allow him to do it. What could your life look like if you lived a life of victory instead of defeat? How much more alive could you feel if you lived a resurrected life instead of simply going through the motions, living a life without real purpose and meaning. Resurrection means Jesus is king and he's true to his word. So let's be true to him even when we don't understand. He offers us life 
not death, so let's live fully alive in him by following him as wholehearted followers. I'm gonna invite you to stand this morning and we're gonna close in song. I just wanna pray over us this morning as we dismiss. I gave opportunity for people to respond during communion if you wanna follow Jesus. And I would say this, if that's still in your heart, maybe you didn't make that decision there, but now you would say, I know I've got to make that decision today. You understand that for Jesus to bring about resurrection, you first have to choose him. He can't bring resurrection in your life if you don't have his spirit living in you. And that starts with a decision to say, I wanna follow you, Jesus. So, so today, if you didn't make that decision before, but you wanna do that now, I just encourage you, hang out after, or if you're joining us online, just make a comment, Tim's on there, and can catch that. Because it's our heart to help you make that decision, but then help, uh, help you understand what does it look like to follow Jesus for a lifetime. And so God, as we close in prayer today, as we celebrate your resurrection, I pray, Jesus, that we live in the power of the resurrection each and every day. Lord, I pray that when we waver, when we lose our hope or trust, God, I just pray that you'd help us to look and pinpoint our focus and eyes back on you. May we stay focused on you each and every day. Knowing, Lord Jesus, that although we might not understand some of the things we walk through, we can trust you in the midst of it all that you are able to carry us through and bring us to the other side, always. That in the worst day of human history, you brought about the very best result we could have ever hoped or imagined. And so God, we trust in that result today, knowing that that's what you can do through our lives as well. Jesus, if there are those that are here today that have not yet made a decision to follow you, they're trying to work out life on their own, but they're also realizing it's not working. And let me say this, if people are trying to do life on their own and they haven't realized that it doesn't work, I pray, Jesus, you reveal it to them now. Reveal to them by your spirit, life isn't gonna work out for them without you. And then, Jesus, I pray that people respond to you and say, Jesus, I want you as Lord. I want you as King. I believe that you were raised from the dead. And Lord, as people make that declaration, that confession, I just thank you. Even now, for the spirit that you will deposit in their heart, the same spirit that raised you from the dead will live in them. And so, God, we just thank you for that now. And Lord, as we close in song, may we be devoted to you. May we trust you for what you're going to do in our lives in this week, in this month, and in the year to come. We thank you, Jesus, for the resurrection. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.